Let's pray. Let's ask for the guidance of God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Beloved Father, we are so thankful for this day, for your grace that was renewed upon us, for your great love and mercy for us. Because while we were sinners, you saved us and you transformed us and you died for us. And today we are here to give ourselves to you, to serve you faithfully, to be your witness in this dark world. In Jesus' name we pray right now that you can talk to us, you can speak to our hearts. Father, speak to us through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help us in this time. Help us to be a strong church, a church that are going to grow, to expand the gospel in this nation through the cell meetings. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus and we give you all the honor and glory for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah. You can have a, your seat. We are talking in these past weeks about the importance of our cell meetings or our small groups, okay? And I want you, you to be totally connected to me today because I have many things to talk. Please be connected. Also, the, the heart of Shalom Christian Fellowship are cell groups, okay? Cell groups for us, for Shalom, is not a program of our church. Cell meeting is not one event of the church. Cell meeting, cell meeting is the church. Or all the cell meetings are the church, our church. And the Bible calls the church the body of Christ. And a body is made of individuals, cells. And in the body of Christ, the cells are the small groups. This is why we call our small groups cells. Because a body is made, is formed of individuals, cells. Okay? Who created cell groups? Or we didn't create this. We didn't make up it. We do it for a biblical reason. Biblical reason. Last meeting I showed you that, that small group, about small group in the Old Testament. Okay, if you remember, if you didn't listen, please listen that message from last week, I showed you small groups in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Also, we saw that the primitive church, they were 120 people when the Pentecost came and in the upper, in the upper room, and they went from 120 to 3,000 people. And, and after more some days, more 5,000 men was added to the, the church. 
Then we are going to see the church jumped from 120 people to maybe at least in the beginning 20,000 people. And without buildings, without building, and we, and we saw that. And also many scholars say the church in Jerusalem grew from 120 to 100,000 people. Yeah. And we know that Jerusalem had 200,000 people. And this church grew a lot. Or half of Jerusalem came to Christ in that time. It was a giant church without building. <laughs> the book of Acts 5.42. We read, and I'm going to read, if you can follow there. The day, day after day, the Bible says, in the temple court, courts, and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Or here, the Bible says, day after day, in the temple court, and from house to house, or they had a large group of worship. Because they were worshiping. And as I told you, they were not inside of the temple. Because inside of the temple, just the high priest could enter once a year. <laughs> of course, they were not inside of the temple. They were in the temple courts. And it's a huge place. I have been there because the courts are there until now. The temple was destroyed, but the courts are there. And you can gather easily five, five, uh, five, people easily in this court, uh, in this temple court there. Then large group of worship. And a small group of fellowship. Because they, they were gathering in the temple court. And also from house to house. Temple court, worship and house to house fellowship. Could we repeat? Temple courts, worship and house to house fellowship. Okay? It's how they, they were gathering. Or the primitive church is the example for us. Is the example. This is why we have cell groups, small groups at home. This is why. We didn't invent or started or make up that. We, we, we saw that in the Bible and we are just obeying it. And also you are going to find in the whole Bible... That the church was in the houses. Because in that time, there, there were no temples. Okay? Let's see some example in the Bible right now. If you have your Bible, you can open up or you can follow there. Because I'm going to read quickly. Okay? Romans, first verse. 
that we are going to see now the example of churches meeting at home. There are a lot, a lot, but I'm going just to quote some of them for you. First, Romans 16, 3 and 5. That says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. Greet also the church that meets, where? At their house. They say, greet the church that meets at their house. Or there were a church in their house. Okay? Church in a house. Keep that in mind. Let's read another Colossians 4.14. Colossians 4.14. That says, Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and, and the church in her house. <laughs> Again, saying that in the house of Nympha, there was a church in her house. It was a woman, and she had a church in her house. Of course, it was a small group. <laughs> Never 50 people or 100 people in a house. Let's read Philemon, Philemon 1, verse 2. Chapter 1, verse 2. There are some strange names in the Bible. <laughs> and it says here, also to Aphobia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Here it says that this man called Archippus, uh, he had a church that used to meet in, in his house. Okay? Let's read another 1 Corinthians 16, 19. 1 Corinthians 16, 19 that says, The church of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house, the church that met in their house. Then we are going. I could quote many times Paul the Apostle in the New Testament, they quoting about the church at homes in their houses. Or, and the fastest growth of Christianity was the first. 300 years of the church. Did you know that? This was the fastest growth of the church. From 0 AD to 300 AD. Then this was the greatest growth of the church. They went from 12 disciples to thousands of people. And they dominate Roman Empire. And Christianity became our official religion. They grew a lot. And they became the official religion. 
And during those 300 years, two things were true, okay? During these 300 years of the church, it was the time the church grew a lot. Two things were true in this time, in these 300 years. First, it cost a lot to be Christians. <laughs> Or because of great persecution. Persecution actually helps church to grow. Did you know that? Persecution helps church to grow. People think that is bad. But it was good for the church. Persecution makes true believers true believers. <laughs> Persecution make true believers, true believers. If you, if, if you became a believer in that time, in the first 300 years, it was more likely that uh, you will feed lions or maybe dying on the cross. Did you know that? If you born again in that time, would born again in that time, maybe we're going to become food of lions, of animals. Or maybe going to a cross or to be murdered. Persecution made the, the, the first Christians true believers. Persecution made the first Christians true believers. Okay, the other things, the other thing that was true in the first 300 years is there were no church building. Could you repeat with me? There were no church building. In the first 300 years of the church, they were under persecution, my beloved brothers. They, they had no, even no time or to build church because they were under persecution. For the first 300 years, 100% of worship was held in homes. In homes. There were no church buildings and the gospel grew and expanded. And the gospel came until now to you and to me. Okay. Next point. Why do we have our cell meetings? Why do we have our small groups? Let's see some reasons right now. I want to give you some reasons. Why do we have small groups? And for us, small groups is something very, very important. If you are not in a cell group, I'm sorry, but you are missing the best part of this church. And maybe you are not a faithful member of this church if you are not linked and you are not part of the cell meetings or these small groups. Let's see some reasons why do we have our cell meetings. First, Cell meetings or small groups 
are biblical. This is the first point, are biblical. What, just for you to know about Jesus, what, what was the first thing that Jesus did after his baptism in the Jordan River? Do you know what Jesus did? What was the first thing that Jesus did after his baptism in the Jordan River? Do you know? Yes, after the wilderness, after his baptism, then after this time of temptation, what he did? Yeah, perfect, Jenny. Congratulations. The very first thing Jesus did after being baptized and, and, and to go through the temptation was to form a small group. A small group. And it started with one, two, three, four. Then adding more and more until 12. Yeah. This is the first thing Jesus did. To start his ministry. He chose 12 guys. And gathered with, with them for the next three and a half years. This is what Jesus did. Then, first reason... Small groups are biblical. Are biblical. The primitive church gathered together and grew in a small groups. Because they had no temple. Okay? Second. Why, so, why we have small groups? Small groups are personal. Okay? Small groups are personal. In the small group, you have personal care. Or because it's more relaxed atmosphere. Right? Because it's a few people. It's a very relaxed atmosphere. And then it's a... There you can have personal care. When you come to... To worship in the church or to our Sunday service, you cannot talk to everybody. It's impossible. Also, I told you that in the church we cannot obey many of the commandments in the church, in a big group. It's impossible. How can you pray for each other, to help each other, to love each other? Because it's impossible. You cannot love a crowd. You can love one, two, or three. You can help one, two, or three, but we cannot help a crowd of people, a multitude of people. Then you cannot talk to everybody, and you cannot have conversation with a crowd. <laughs> right? I can have conversation with one, two, three. But it's impossible. How, how can I talk to many people? It's impossible. That's why we need a large group to worship the Lord together. And a small group for fellowship. Amen? Say with me. A large group to worship. And a small group for fellowship. Yes. In the small group, 
you can ask question, yeah, in a small group, you can pray specific for people, in a small group, you can get support, this is important, what I'm going to say, people will stay in church if they make friends, okay, people will stay in church if they make friends, why I am here today, why I, I got saved, because I had a friend who helped me, who preached the gospel, he invited me to go to, to the meetings, I had a friend, if it wasn't that friend, I was not saved, okay, people will stay in church if they make friends, some people come to church on Sundays, uh, they sit and they worship the Lord, they listen a message, but never makes any friends and they don't stay in the church. This is the point. You are going to remember how many people came here, sit, listen the message. Maybe they liked what they listened, but they are not here today. Because they, they didn't make friends. This is important, what I'm going to say. People come to church to hear the pastor. People come to church to hear the pastor. But they stay in the church because of a relationship. I'm going to say again. People come to church to hear the pastor, to hear the band, to, hear the, to listen music, or to do something. But they are going to stay in church because of relationship. Because it's through relationship that we are going to learn with each other. That happened with me. I remember I went to the church. In that church, in that time, there were 200 people in the church. I listened a good message from the pastor. But nothing happened until someone came to me. And say, hi, how are you? And he make me to feel at home. Then he started inviting me to a small group. And this is why I'm here today. Relationship, my beloved brothers, are the glue. Relationship are the glue that's going to keep us together. The people come to church to listen to a message, but they're going to stay because of a relationship. Because everybody needs a relationship. Third point. Why we have cell groups. Cell groups are flexible. Flexible. Small groups can meet anytime and they can meet anywhere. It's very flexible. If your small group cannot meet on Wednesday, then they can meet on Tuesday or any day. It's flexible. But we cannot do that with our Sunday service. <laughs> Let's change our Sunday service to another day. It's impossible. But cell, 
meetings, small groups, flexible. You talk to everybody, say, let's have our cell meeting at Rosmore Park. This is a good idea, why not? Let's go our cell meeting for a picnic all together. It's easy, it's flexible. How many of you have changed the day of your small group? How many of you have changed? Yeah. This is because it's flexible. And we can, we can change the day because it's flexible. Also, you can shorter or you can go longer to the meeting, but you cannot do that in the service, Sunday service. Okay, in a public service. Number four, small groups are expandable. Small groups are expand, expandable. Or we can start it anywhere, uh, uh, our small group or our cell meeting. We, you can have a cell meeting, like I had cell meeting in my workplace, in my company. I had a cell meeting there, no problem. Uh, some people, they have cell meetings, their office, their jobs. Some people, many youth in Brazil, they have cell meeting in their break at school. Yeah, in their break, they gather together, they have their cell meetings. And also we can have small groups in another towns of Ireland. Because are expand, expandable. Or we can start here. Then one day someone move to another town. Then if it, he is a person who can start a small group. Then we can have a small group there. In different towns. Or we can have small groups in different countries. And we have. We have this church has a small group in Sweden. Did you know that? We have. And I am always in discipleship with them. Uh, we have these small groups in Portugal. And we are always talking to them in discipleship and helping them. Because it's expandable. We can start it everywhere. If, someone, if one day someone moves from this country to another country, we can start a small group there. And that small group can grow, multiply, multiply, multiply. Then we have, can have a big church in another country. Amen? Fifth point. Small groups... Cell groups or small groups are economical. <laughs> also, like we cannot have, look, today we are gathered here, but we cannot have here in the church a Bible stood without to pay electricity. No, we cannot have. We are paying electricity. If it was winter time, no, we were paying. Heating, gas. Or, uh, we can, because we need to spend money every time we come here to have meetings. Think if you have a, if all cell meetings 
were here in this place. One coming one time and another time. Then a lot of electricity, gas, heating and many things. But cell meetings are economical for the kingdom of God. This is the point. What does small group do? Another question. What does small group do? We are going to find in the book of Acts something, some of, uh, a couple of things in the book of Acts. Now we are going to go. First thing they we are going to see in the book of acts about these small groups uh, the bible says they devoted themselves to apostles teachings okay they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings let's read acts 2 ver verse 42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings or oh, pay attention to the apostle teachings second to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer here's some points that we are going to start or they studied the Bible. Or he said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. What that means, my beloved brothers. Evidently, what the apostles was teaching on Sunday. They were reviewing and studying at homes during the week. Because the Bible says what they devoted themselves to what? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Or they were devoted. What they were learning on Sundays or in the big or in the big meetings. The Bible says they devoted. Oh, let's review again. Exactly, they, they devoted themselves. They studied the Bible together. Second thing, second thing, they fellowship together. They fellowship together. And that's the primary purpose of small groups. Okay? The, first said they devoted. Or what they received, they say, wow, let's, re let's review again. Let's read again. Let's, to the, the apostle teaching, their leaders. Second, to, they fellowship together. Or, it, or they, they were building up relationships. Having fellowship Beloved brothers, you can, you can worship with the crowd, right? You can worship with thousands of thousands of people. You can worship together the Lord. 
but you cannot have a fellowship with crowds. Just in a small group, just a small group. And you can study the Bible with the crowd. I can teach you, I can teach thousands of people, no problem. But I cannot have fellowship with thousands of people. And the Bible says they devoted to the apostles' teachings and also they had fellowship and that it was in the small groups. Can you see how important it was? The small groups. Then, please, you need to be part of a small group. You need to be part of a small group. If you are not part of a small group, you are missing a lot. You are missing a lot. Let's go, okay. Let's go to the third thing. Uh, the third thing, breaking of bread. Beloved brother, you are going to see that this breaking of bread is not to eat together. This is not to eat together food. Breaking the bread, it was the communion. Breaking the bread. Because the Bible says many times, breaking the bread. Jesus broke the bread. Breaking the bread is the communion. Because you are going to read. At the end, they, had, they ate together. Or they, he says, they devoted themselves to the apostle teachings. To fellowship. To the breaking of bread. And to prayer. Or to this break of bread is communion. Or they had the, the, the Lord's Supper together. And if you don't know, we authorize uh, the, our small groups to serve communion at any time they want. Okay? We authorize. Because... We are going to see that in the primitive church. In these in this past months that we were in lockdown, what we were doing? <laughs> we were breaking the bread at home. And at home is these small groups. <laughs> and we can have communion in our small group, no problem. And we authorize all the leaders to have the communion. Why we authorize that? Because the primitive church did in the New Testament. This is why. And of course, uh, the Lord's Supper communion is not for unbelievers. It's just for believers. But we, we can sh break the bread in the cell meeting, okay? In fact, in the New Testament, in the Bible, there is no one example. They were taking communion on Sunday morning. Did you know that? No one time in the New Testament say that they were taking communion with the large group. Don't say that. You are not going to read that in the Bible. Yeah. 
But it says they took communion in homes. Yeah. Number four, they prayed for each other in a small group. And they devoted themselves to the teaching. What did they listen? They were sharing with each other. They had fellowship with one another. They broke the bread together. They had the communion, the Lord's Supper together. And also they prayed for each other in their small group. Okay? They prayed for each other. Number five. Number five. They helped each other in a practical way. You are going to see that. I have many verses but because of the time. But the Bible says that everyone was helping. That no one had any need. They were helping each other, the Bible says. Or in a practical way, what that means. Or someone said to another, do you need a doctor? I'm going to help you to find a doctor for you. Yeah, if you need a doctor, I'm going to help you. Do you need a babysitter? Yeah, I'm going to help you to babysit your children. Or maybe if you need a car. How many times I have helped people? Yet how they helped each other in a practical way. Do you need some food? Yeah. Do you need a meal? I can help you. It's how, read the Bible, you are going to see that. They were helping each other in a very practical way. When, and pay attention, my beloved brothers, when people are not in the cell groups, they don't have this practical way, right? They don't have fellowship. They cannot help others. Why? Because they just come to church and go home, come to church and go home. No one knows them. They don't talk. They don't ask anything. They have no fellowship. People can be a member of our church for five years. But if they are not in a small group, they will not receive this practical help. <laughs> I'm going to repeat again. People can be in our church for five years or more, ten years. But if they are not in the cell meetings, they cannot receive this practical help. Because here, I don't know. We have no time to talk on Sunday. But in the cell meeting, we have this time of fellowship. Can you say amen? amen. There are people in church... But they never meet anyone because they don't have this fellowship. They don't go to the cell meeting. There, or even there are people in church, they don't make effort to make relationship with others. This is a problem for Christians. They have no fellowship with each other. Because they say, no, I don't like to go in this meeting. <laughs> because it, sometimes 
It's not hard to be together with people. Yes, it's training you. This is what you need. If you are in a small group, I can guarantee you, you are practicing what the Bible teaches. And you are a real member of our church. Because as I told you, you cannot practice many things in the Bible if you don't go to the cell meeting. There are 58 commandments that we should be to each other. Not to the crowd, to each other. And without cell meeting, if you just come to church on Sundays, you go home, church, we need to be together. All right? And if you don't know, also, our church is not a personality church. Because we, it's not, this is not biblical. Okay, if a church has one or two pastors and do everything, this is not biblical. Okay, I'm going to repeat again. If a church has one pastor or two, three pastors, and this pastor does everything. They preach, they teach, they pray, they visit, they do everything. This is not a church. This is not what is written in your Bible. This is not what we, are, we were reading here. Also, today we are not so many here. But we have around 80 people, 90 people all together in this church, okay? When everybody comes. I cannot meet Everybody, everyone's did. I cannot meet. It's impossible. I cannot do our personal prayer for everyone. Of course not. And I cannot do our teaching, our preaching, our baptizing, our counseling, our hospital visitations, our funerals, because this church has. Many people, and it's impossible. And sometimes I don't know those who are sick or in hospital. I don't know. And sometimes the people say, ring to me and say, Hi, Pastor, you didn't visit me. I was in hospital. Yeah, oh, I know now. I didn't know you were in hospital. <laughs> because why? Because we are many people. But your small group can know everything about them. Let's read. I want to show you what is my role. What should I do as your pastor? If you have your Bible, please open up your Bible. This verse is so important. Ephesians 4, 11, 12. If you have your Bible, open up. This is an important verse. Why we have pastors and teachers in the church? Why we have pastors and teachers? Ephesians 4, 11, 12. Says, and he gave himself, and he himself gave some to be apostles, 
some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Okay? God gave some pastors, apostles, teachers. For what? Let's read all together. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Why we have pastors and teachers? For what? Could you answer me? Huh? For the equipping. Read your Bible. For the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. Or the Bible says. The pastors is to equip the saints. For their ministry. Or I am here. To help you in your ministry. And what God called you. This is my calling. This is what we are reading here. Or you are the ministers. And I am the administer. The ones going to equip you. This is what it's written here. My job is to feed you. My job is to equip you and to prepare you for your ministry. Did you get the point? You cannot do anything with empty belly. I am here to feed you in order for you to do your ministry. Did you get the point? This is why we are here. To equip the saints for the ministry. Okay? Could you repeat? I have pastors. I have leaders to equip me, to prepare me for my ministry. Amen? This is what we are doing here. I am here to feed you. I can guarantee you, you are going to have a good food. You are going to have a, a good equipment. I am here. I am teaching you for you to do your ministry. This is what the Bible says. Amen? And my beloved brothers, this is the point. The primitive church grew because the people were doing the ministry. This is the point. Because they were fulfilling their calling. They were doing the work of the ministry. And the apostles, the, the pastors, the leaders, they were feeding and they keeping the people for their ministry. Did you, did you get the point? Yes. How can a pastor know about everybody that is sick in the church to visit? It's impossible. Sorry. It's impossible. But in a small group, it's easy to know and help each other. Beloved brothers, I know what I am teaching because I was leader in a small group for my first 15 years back in Brazil. I was not pastor. I think maybe 
15 or 18 years, I was leaders meeting. Or in a cell group, in a small group. And how many people I helped in my cell groups. And this is how church has to be. This is how church has to be. Pay attention. God never meant the church to be a one-man superstar show. Okay? <laughs> God, God never said, ah, one superstar, one superman, he's going to do everything. This is not what the Bible says. You don't see that. How the one superman flying from one place to another place, pray for you, visit another one, go to another one, help, and he has superpowers to know who is sick and who is in trouble. No. It's just on the TV, sorry, it's not in the real life. I am a human being like you, but I am here to help you, to equip you, to feed you for the work of the ministry. Is what we read there. Amen? Amen? Ephesians 4 said that pastor should equip the believers for the work of the ministry. Okay, keep this verse in mind. You have the ministry. And I help you to be well fed and keep it in the kingdom and the kingdom of God will grow. Amen. Number six. They ate together. Now here you are going to see this verse, Acts 2:46. Now they are going to you are going to they break the bread or they were Celebrate the Lord's Supper, and here says, So, continuing daily, Acts 2.46 says, So, continue daily with one accord in the temple court, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and Simplicity of heart. Wow. They ate their food with gladness. <laughs> if you want to see someone glad and happy, give food to them. <laughs> but when I am starving, I'm not, I'm not glad. <laughs> this is the reason. We always have food in our cell meetings. Always we are sharing food. Because this is what they used to do. They ate their food with gladness and sincere heart and simplicity of heart. My beloved brothers, food is a tool of fellowship. Food is a tool of fellowship. Study the, the ministry of Jesus. How many times Jesus taught his sermons. The people, and, and it's written. The people they were eating or walking. And Jesus was teaching them. You are going to see that. How many times Jesus was multiplying food. Or Jesus was eating food with his disciples, of, with people. And teaching them. And Jesus taught great sermons when people were eating and walking. Why? 
Why? Because when you are walking or eating, you are most relaxed. Relaxed. <laughs> and, you, and you become very happy to listen or walking. Ah, let's talk, walking or eating. And Jesus used that. That? <laughs> yeah. When you relax, communication starts. Okay, then is the reason. Then in a Sunday service, people came here and stayed quiet. But if he goes to the cell meeting and put him in a sofa with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and some food, then he starts talking. <laughs> but in the church, he just sit, listen, 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 listen. He don't speak. But give a cup of tea to him. And then the whole, yes, yeah, yeah. They start sharing, telling things that he wouldn't tell. Then this is how he starts fellowship. Then they ate together with gladness and sincere heart. And I want to finish. I have more, but they sang together. They sang together. The Bible says they were together and they sang together in their homes. Or here in the church, we need a musician to play, to sing. But in cell groups, you just turn on the TV and worship together or play a CD. And you can do at home. It's easy. We don't need uh, musicians for cell meetings. We don't need that. Just, you can worship the Lord easy, and it's wonderful. They sang together, and they worship the Lord together. And the last point, last point. They brought unbelievers to Jesus. The last point. They brought unbelievers to Jesus. Acts 2.47 now. Saying, praising God. They were praising God. And they have in favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. My beloved brother, as the result of everything they did together, the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. Because they had fellowship, they shared to one another, they loved one another, they helped one another, they sang together. And because they were doing everything that we used to do in church, in church. This is what we do in church. Church at home. Because in church, we have worship, okay? In church, the purpose of church is worship, fellowship, Discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. And because they were, in a practical way, doing everything, God was adding those who were saved. Amen? Vamos stand up, please. Let's pray. Beloved Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Father, for this word that we received today. Thank you, Father, because we can read this book and we can see, Father, that 
the primitive church, they gathered together in the, in the courts, in the, temple, in the temple court and house to house. They were, in worship, they were worshiping you together, but having fellowship to each other. Help us, Father, to walk in disobedience. Father, we don't want just to teach the Bible. We want to follow the model of the Bible. And they were in house to house. Help us, Father, to help to have here strong cell meetings, strong small groups, Father. In order for this church to grow as the primitive church grew, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I bless all my brothers and sisters. And help us, Father, to have a strong small groups, and also to multiply these groups, Father. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray, and everybody say, Amen and Amen.